Hey everyone, I'm your host Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. Also, all advertisements and podcast sponsors are strictly for informational purposes only and not endorsements of any products or services. I may personally hold tokens mentioned on the podcast, and you can view our show notes below for our complete disclosures. Hey guys, I want to tell you again about Alto IRA. For the first time ever, you can invest in cryptocurrency with tax-advantaged retirement funds directly on the Coinbase exchange through Alto. With an Alto Crypto IRA, a traditional Roth or SEP IRA account is created specifically for cryptocurrency investments. You can buy, sell, and hold every crypto available on Coinbase. It's easy to open a funded account, and you could do so by visiting altoira.com slash chainreaction. With that, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. Today, I'm thrilled to have on a friend, Victor, who's a protocol specialist at Bison Trails. Victor, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. So uh, I, I forgot that you're kind of like a prolific runner, right? Yeah. <laughs> prolific is putting it strongly, but I try. How, what, are you, uh, what are you doing now? Is there any, any long distance runs or more just casual? What, what have you been doing? Uh, well, so my fiance and I usually do a bunch of runs for uh, the New York World Runners. And so we'll do the nine plus one where we run nine races and volunteer at one, you get automatic admission to next year's marathon. And this year, everything got canceled. The marathon's canceled, all the races are canceled. And so we haven't had that kind of like steady progression during the summer. And so we've just been kind of like hanging out, going for runs whenever we want. Right now, we're actually in Detroit because we just had to get out of New York. And we're like, what's the best place to go to outside of New York? And Detroit came up, just kidding. Um, my best friend lives here. <laughs> so now we're going out some runs, just seeing the city and kind of like seeing what's going on, seeing the waterfront, seeing Canada uh, from, the, from the other side. I remember talking to you like a year ago about it in person. And I was like, yeah, I'm running a mile or two. And you were like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing a quick 10 or 20 miles. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I find that, after you run for a little bit, as long as you go at a comfortable enough pace, you can go pretty far. You just like don't push yourself that hard. And then just like it just happens. You turn your brain off and just keep going. It's, we we yeah. actually like to joke that my fiance and I like to joke that we have tiny brains. We're like, we're not that smart. And so running is a perfect sport for us because there's only one rule don't stop. <laughs> I don't know about that. I disagree with you, man, but definitely got a big brain. But I had on Mike Alfred, who's on Digital Assets Data, and he's like a crazy runner, too. He does like those 100-mile marathons. I don't know how he does it. Oh, wow. That's serious. That's way beyond me for now. Yeah. Well, Victor, outside of running, tell us about um, yourself and I guess give us the quick overview of uh, Bison Trails. Sure, sure, sure. For me, I, uh, I come from a little bit of a consulting background. I uh, spent a couple of years doing digital strategy and user experience design with some large uh, financial institutions. Um, after that, fell head first into crypto and then just never came up for air. Um, and so I spent some time doing some of my own consulting, uh, worked at Consensus. I've done a, a bunch of community work. I've organized ETH Denver for the last two years. I helped organize the Lightning Summit that happened in Berlin uh, last year, ETH New York. And helped out with some other things as well. And then for the last year and a half, I've been over at Bison Trails. And Bison Trails is an infrastructure as a service platform that 
makes it incredibly easy for people to run super secure, enterprise-grade, reliable, uh, redundant infrastructure on various blockchain networks. And so put it, putting that into plain English, we help people run nodes. And so if you want an Ethereum Geth node or a Cosmos validator or a Tezos Baker uh, or many other types, I think we support somewhere between 15 and 25, or I guess 20 and 25 protocols at this point. Um, then you can come on the Bison Trails platform and you know say what you want it to be called and where you want it to be and how much you want it to charge. And then we launch it. Um, and from that point, we do all the hard work around maintaining it, securing it, upgrading it, monitoring, alerting, all that good stuff. Um, but this is your node and you can use it however you want. Um, and so you can you know delegate to your own tokens to it, have others delegate to it, um, you know, use it as the backend infrastructure for your wallet or or other services or tooling. So it's really cool stuff. We have you know a number of different clients. And my role within the company is uh, so my, my title is protocol specialist. I'm the only one because I, I made it up. Um, but essentially, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I lead up all of our work related to, to protocols. So helping the company prioritize which ones we're going to be working on, understanding everything there is to know about how the protocols work, using that information to empower the rest of our organization. So like helping sales, you know, talk to customers, helping product, build the right things, helping engineering, uh, make decisions. And then I also work very closely with, with protocol teams. And so one of the fascinating things is that all of them are doing it for the first time. And we've at this point done it like 10 or 15 times. And so we've seen all the different ways in which it can go. And, you know, we're continuing to learn more every day. And so we're able to, you know, work closely with them and kind of point out some of the things that we've seen be, you know, more or less successful and, and just like add value to them and help them any way we can to, to really make them successful. That's awesome. You guys are on the, the front line. So I guess it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, new people to the space are going to like, you know, get command line and run their own nodes and stuff like that. So who, who are like the target customers for you guys? Are these like, you know, rich involved people who want to own a stake in a network and don't know how to run a node or is this for an enterprise or is this for anybody? What's the target market? Yeah. 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 So we do our best work with custodians, exchanges, large token holders, uh, VCs, different kinds of investors, service providers, wallets, dApps, pretty much those are the, the targets. But really, um, the way that I would differentiate Bison Trails is that we're super focused on the infrastructure portion of you know, staking and validation and, and blockchain access. And we have a really enterprise-grade offering. And so that kind of like self-selects where you know, we're not quite at the point where Anybody can come and like use an Infura kind of thing that is you know super retail focused. Uh, we're we're having a lot more success with the you know with the, with the enterprise side of things. Got it. Okay. And for those that might be new to the space, what exactly does running a node mean? Like, are you letting your users uh, vote on things or like on an on chain or off chain method? What exactly like do you allow that your clients to do as they run a node? Yeah, yeah. So this is um, that's that's a really great question because it's extremely nuanced in that every network enables different things for nodes and like enables uh, what they can do. And so on Cosmos is one example, you know, you can participate in governance and anybody that delegates to a validator, like if that validator casts a vote, the delegates inherit that vote and they, they can of course choose to override it, but you know, some folks do and some folks don't. And, you know, there's a really nice uh, aspect here in that like you can run a really uh, you know highly delegated validator and be able to express that voice and you know in in the votes that um, that are coming up and so one example of that is zero the zero knowledge podcast 
they're actually running infrastructure with us. And so they're running a Cosmos validator that people are able to delegate to. And one of the interesting things that, that they do is that their value prop is that they will you know, vote for and advance privacy-focused initiatives and proposals within the blockchain networks and, and the communities that they support. And so by delegating to them, those funds are able to, like all the, the fees that the validator earns are able to go towards advancing those causes, advancing the causes around privacy. And so, yeah, so you can do a lot of really cool stuff. Typically, what we'll do is we'll offer our customers probably like the most, you know, the most functionality, the most optionality that, that the blockchain protocol itself affords is the best way of putting it. That's awesome. Do a lot of people or a lot of your clients come to you and they say, you know, hey, Victor, or hey, somebody at Bison Trails, you know, how would you vote on this proposal or how would you vote on that proposal? Like, I'm sure it's probably come up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's fascinating because oftentimes we'll work with a protocol for a year or a year and a half before launch. And so we'll have seen all the, you know, all the progress on the, on the governance side and the process side and the technology side. Um, and, we'll, and we'll understand at a really fundamental level, like what's going on and what are the real uh, drivers behind different governance proposals and what we think that they will accomplish or, or not accomplish. And so we vote on some proposals ourselves, but then when customers ask us for, for our thoughts, you know, we don't tell anybody which way to vote, but we help provide our insights uh, and share, share the information that, that we've gathered and our understanding of things to help our customers make the best decisions for themselves. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a tricky place to be. And if you end up having to decide, so I'm glad you guys don't have to make any calls there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When you guys, so let's talk about the alternatives here to Bison, right? So let's say you guys didn't exist. How hard would it be for some of these protocols to get nodes off the ground in mass, right? Because like having a wide distribution of nodes is extremely important for security, the longevity of the network, things like that. Are you guys important for like, launching a lot of nodes fast or the longevity of the nodes? Like, I guess, how do you think about yourselves compared to if you guys weren't here to help projects? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's also a great question. So currently there's two primary ways, two, two primary ways aside from Bison Trails that folks can participate. So they can go through the fairly difficult and, and complex and long running process of spinning up and managing their own node. Um, and so you need a, an engineer or a team of engineers to actually be able to manage that and, and keep it secure, um, but also make sure that it's performing performing appro- appropriately. I think one of the fascinating things is that uh, people that have never run nodes before oftentimes don't have an appreciation for just how challenging it is, because a lot of this stuff is really you know beta software, uh, and, and some of it is alpha, in that you know there's all kinds of complications, there's downtimes at the protocol level, at the, at the client level. There's a lot of complexity with dealing with cloud providers or trying to host things yourself. There's just a lot of um, a lot of nuance there that changes on a protocol by protocol basis. And so, you know, if you're willing to commit the time and the resources and the energy to you know run it yourself and build out all the tooling to support that, like it's definitely possible. But it's just very difficult to do that in a in a really sec- secure, enterprise grade, reliable way. And so that's the first method. The second method is to delegate to a staking and service company. And so, you, and, and, and there's some really great ones in the field, um, such as Chorus One, for example, where you can come to them and they're, you know, they're really good at running, node, at, at running these nodes and they're able to run a Cosmos node and a Tezos node and other nodes as well. And you can just delegate directly to them. But the challenge there is that there's not that many, you know, staking as a service companies. And what ends up happening is that 
you don't have that many folks that are known quantities that you can delegate to. And so the networks can end up centralizing, uh, you know, across just a couple of different providers, a couple of different nodes. What we try to do is we look at that and we say, okay, in a perfect world, anybody that can run a node should run a node. And anybody that has enough tokens to make running a node worthwhile should be running a node as opposed to just delegating to somebody else. And so what we focus on is how can we enable the maximum number of people to be able to run their own nodes, whether or not they have a team of engineers on hand uh, and the time to do it. Got it. And I'm just trying to think through like lowering the barriers with, with what you're talking about there. So if I come to Bison Trails, is the hardware run on the cloud or, or do I run it myself? And then I guess the second question is, could I just like log on on my phone um, onto your website, access kind of my infrastructure that I have kind of abstracted away and then vote on governance changes and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from like, what do you need to run perspective? Nothing. Like we abstract all of that. We make it extremely easy. And so we're currently across uh, three cloud providers, AWS, Google Cloud, and Azure. And so at the time that you spin your node up, like we would have a conversation with you or we can make a recommendation for where we think that you should place your node. Um, Ultimately, it's your decision. But one of the things that we try to do is we keep an eye on the network. And so we're seeing, okay, if everybody's placing their nodes in AWS, US East too, because there's a lot of people in New York, then maybe that's not a great place to put our nodes because we don't want to be uh, correlated with everybody else. We don't want to be in the same data centers as everybody else. And so that's like a great way in which we can you know, add value and further distribute the network and make it more robust. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge AWS bull, so I love, I love <laughs> that. Are you, um, so you guys are completely non-custodial though? Yeah, yeah, totally non-custodial. Oh, that's awesome. So if somebody came knocking on Bison Trails tomorrow, they couldn't say, you know, hey, give us all these assets or hey, vote this way or that way. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we think that's one, that was an extremely intentional decision. And, you know, two, we think that that's, that's, that's really important because at the end of the day, like we want our customers to be in control, right? And so if you're running a node with us, you know, we don't, you know, we don't hold your tokens. We're not telling you, you know, what you have to vote on. We don't do anything to nodes other than the things that you uh, explicitly allow us to do. And so if there's a hard fork coming up or if there's a governance vote, like it's up to our customer to, to make those decisions. And for all the actions that we execute on their behalf, so for example, you know, with, with some protocols, like we, we need to cast a vote because the protocol requires it on behalf of our customers running the validator. And so at the time that we do that, we actually provide our customer with, you know, on-chain proof saying like, hey, here's the vote that was cast. Here you can see that it was executed correctly. And now you have this in your records. And so you can reference it at any time and see that everything was done, you know, according to your specifications. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I just love the idea of being able to log in one place and to be able to vote or or handle governance across multiple protocols. It's just so annoying to have to handle it across, you know, so many different UXs today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we try to abstract it as much as possible. Uh, But one of the interesting things is that when you have a a customer with a number of stakeable assets. And so they'll have Cosmos and Tezos and Celo and Dots and, you know, a number of different things. And it's quite challenging to keep up. You know, as you mentioned, it's quite challenging to execute. It's quite challenging to know like when the deadlines are. And so having somebody that is going to, you know, to alert you, to explain things, to point you in the right direction, to answer questions, to, you know, give our knowledge and insights and, and lend that expertise is, is one of those things that is really quite interesting because we don't explicitly charge for it, right? Like there's no hourly billing. There's no, you know, premium access to a protocol specialist. Like you get it by default. 
And what we're seeing is that um, customers are you know, taking advantage of it more and more as they continue working with us. That's awesome. Hey guys, I want to tell you again about Alto IRA. For the first time ever, you can invest in cryptocurrency with tax advantage retirement funds directly on the Coinbase exchange through Alto. With an Alto Crypto IRA, a traditional Roth or SEP IRA account is created specifically for cryptocurrency investments. You can buy, sell, and hold every crypto available on Coinbase. It's easy to open a funded account, and you could do so by visiting altoira.com slash chain reaction. That's, that's really cool. And I guess on the governance idea, the other, other question I have there is like a lot of protocols have off-chain governance where you know no data is kind of updated and users have to decide if they want to update or if they want to stay on the old software. And that's kind of like an active decision. How, do you, how would you handle that? Or, or you might not have to, because I'm not sure if there's any protocols or support where there's, there's not voting like that. But how would you guys handle that? Like, would you push out an update or would you ask your clients kind of what they want to do? How, how exactly would that work? I, th- I think a lot of it depends on the level of contention in this change or in this upgrade. And so if it is a scheduled hard fork, like on Ethereum, for example, there's, there's a hard fork coming up sometime next month, I believe, that, w- that we don't expect to be contentious. And we don't expect for anybody to say like, you know, no, we're going to continue running the, the old chain. And so in moments like that, we would let our customer know like, hey, this thing's coming up, you know, we are planning to upgrade. You don't have to do anything. I'm just letting you know. And if you don't want us to for some reason, you can let us know that. Uh, but for upgrades that do have some contention or do have some questionability, then the conversation that we have with our customer is very different saying like, hey, this thing is coming up. This upgrade has uh, some contention behind it. Here are the different viewpoints. Uh, our perspective is that most folks you know, will or will not, will not accept the upgrade. Um, we are planning to accept our upgrade on our nodes, for example. What do you choose to do? That's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially for the contentious ones. For the non-contentious ones, it's kind of good that you just make it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think that, um, that depends on a per-customer basis. Typically, uh, you'll have a lot of things that are, that are opt-out. Because one of the advantages of using Bison Trails is that you don't have to do anything, right? Like we make it extremely easy. Like you're, there's no obligation to participate in governance. There's no obligation to, um, you know, sign off on routine upgrades. Like we do all the management, but at the same time, like keeping you aware of everything that's going on. But if you did want to have a more active voice and like we can enable that. And so you can make the, you know, a lot of the kind of like tactical in the weeds considerations around, you know, do you choose to upgrade and do you choose to do these things? So it's really that's, up to us to enable them. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So I guess for the projects, like we talked about how it's important that they make it easy for their you know users to set up nodes for distribution and security and, and participation. But I guess having you guys as a middleman is good because you know users don't have to go on some protocol's website and download a node and it's really choppy. How often do like major institutions come to you and they say, Hey, look, you know, I was going to get involved in governance or staking or something with this, but I really just don't know how to do it. I'd rather just have somebody like you guys run it. I mean, I'm assuming that's kind of the business model, but I'm just wondering how many of your clients really have the technical capability to do this stuff on their own. You know, it's, it's fascinating because there's some folks that just don't have the technical capability, right? And so there'll be a small fund or there'll be, you know, an, an individual that is a, is a VC or an angel or whatever it is, or there'll be a, you know, different service provider. And that makes like, we make their life extremely easy, but there are folks that do have the engineers, right? And so there'll be um, a large enterprise customer and they have 
you know, hundreds and hundreds of engineers and they could repurpose some of them to be, you know, focused on this full time. But the question becomes like, is this the highest value add activity that they could be doing? And so if you're paying an engineer salary and you're at, you know, 150 to 200K and it's not enough to really have like one engineer, right? Because you want, you know, full-time coverage. You really want to like, you know, build out a whole, a whole number of, of tooling and processes and monitoring and learning and staying up to date with upgrades and like all that stuff. And so you have these immense amounts amounts of, of expenses for, you know, what I would say is like a subpar experience compared to using something like Bison Trails, where, you know, we have, we currently have a team of, of 50 people, you know, we have dozens of engineers whose full-time jobs are to make sure that this infrastructure is the best that it could possibly be. That's awesome. I love that. Well, Victor, let's zoom out. We, so we talked about you, we talked about Bison. Let's talk about like the actual, like what's going on with the protocols that you guys support. Kind of like, you know, an abstract question here, but I mean, where's like the wave shifting here? Like, is there more, like, are you seeing more interest in governance or more on staking or, you know, any trends that you're seeing, like, you know, maybe layer ones that just aren't having a good launch or, or are having, you know, weirdly good launch. I guess anything you can share from, you know, your look inside the company would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm glad you asked because one of the fascinating things, and, and I, I'm extremely fortunate, like I feel so thankful that I get to be on the front lines of this because we do have these like inside views into, into all the protocols on a really, you know, personal fundamental level, just because we're working with them every day. You know, I specifically am working with them every single day. And so uh, the insights that come out of it are just like, so cool. Just, it's just so cool to me. I'm, I'm so thankful. But so one of the ones that, that I've been thinking about recently is you have in crypto waves of funding. And so you'll have uh, you know, a, a, num- a number of huge protocols that got funded in 2017 and 2018. And right now, like some of those have launched already, but a good number of them are launching right about this time. And so you have Polkadot, Nier, Cardano, Definity is coming up and, you know, ab- about six to 10 others that are like on the, on the larger side. Um, Oasis, of course, Flow. And the fascinating thing is that after that funding wave was over in like 2017, 2018, not a lot of protocols actually got funded in you know, late 2018 throughout 2019, not in the same way. And so this is kind of like the last big batch that we're going to see for a little bit. But that doesn't mean that there's no new protocols what it actually means is that a lot of the protocols now are, or that, that we're seeing are much more focused, I'd probably say, rather than being like pure, you know, layer one, smart contract, like, you know, try to compete with Ethereum. They're now focused on like a subset of use cases. So, so they'll have all that functionality around smart contracts and execution and all that. But they'll, they'll say like, hey, what we want to do is build out a particular type of, you know, use case or target a particular type of user or like be more intentional about the ecosystem that we're creating. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is that they use different technologies. And so you see a ton of protocols launching using the Cosmos SDK. You see a ton of protocols launching using Substrate, which is uh, from Polkadot and from Parity. And these are blockchain building tools that are really, uh, really powerful because they allow you to get, you know, to make a lot of progress very quickly in launching your chain and customize it in, in the way that suits you while having a lot of the base uh, infrastructure such as like how do you do networking and how do you do keys and all that stuff already uh, created and existing for you. But not only that, it's also constantly being improved. And so the SDK is getting upgrades, Substrate is getting up- upgrades, and so you can actually keep up with it uh, and, and merge those into your chain as well, improving your chain further and being able to take advantage of those. 
That's really interesting. Yeah, I've been a, a probably pretty vocal on smart contract wars, and I, I definitely think a lot of these are going to die off. But I, I am a huge fan of the experimentation, and I do think that a lot of interesting things will come out of these. I just there's just so many, and there's just such limited dev space and money and liquidity to throw around. It's it's just tough. I mean, but you guys are in an interesting position though, because it really doesn't matter, right? Like if if you have you know, 20 winning layer ones. I don't know if that'll happen. I doubt it, but you guys could run nodes for all of them. Meanwhile, if let's say Ethereum wins, you could just run more nodes for them. So you guys are kind of in a win-win position. Yeah. 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 And I think that's one of the nice things, but also like our goal is really simple. You know, we want to democratize access to these networks. We want to make it incredibly easy for anybody to access them, to secure them, to, you know, build on them, to vote on them, to like really uh, interact with the chains in every way. And we don't want a particular chain to be successful. We don't want to say like, oh, hey, you know, Ethereum's doing really well. We only want Ethereum to win. Like, that's not what we're about. We're about advancing the entire ecosystem and providing as much value, value add and as much help as we can to all the different protocols. Um, and, we, and, we, and we do think it's important because, you know, I, when, I, when I look at standards or technologies or language or, or monies or religions or anything else in the world, I never see just one winner. In any, in any category that I've ever looked at, I never see just one winner. And it's important because people have different needs and they, have, and they speak different languages and they want to do different things and they, and they relate better to different types of communities or different types of morals or ethics or whatever it is. And so you know, our whole stance is like, how can we you know, give crypto and give blockchain in general as many shots at bat as possible and really support as many chains as we can and, and try to make as many of them successful as we can? Yeah, I really vibe with that. I'm a huge fan of letting these things go wild and seeing what comes out of it. Like maybe people, maybe hundreds of people want to launch their own blockchains on Polkadot, or maybe people want, you know, massive scalability with scale, or they love Tezos's governance or Solana's throughput or Nier's, you know, insane team. Like we got to, I, I just hate people that are, uh, you know, blatantly against this stuff. It just drives me crazy. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Also love the Nier's insane team. Those guys are animals they're so smart it's, it's oh yeah no i just I, Ilya and alex just set the bar <laughs> they, are, <laughs> yeah, they are uh they are wild but uh so victor zooming out i mean you've been here for you know over a year year and a half i think you said what um what's the biggest pushback you guys have gotten or what's the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome or, or bison's had to overcome what would that be Oof, that's a that's tough a good, one it's a tough yeah. one <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, that's a great question I think there's a couple of things. I'll, I'll probably say two. I think one of the first is when you when you have a conversation with somebody that's never run nodes before. The, like one of the first things that they that they ask or they think about is why can't I just do this myself? And there's a lot of folks that have just like never run nodes, whether it's uh, or or have never run participatory nodes specifically. You know the care that you need to put into a Cosmos validator with twenty thirty million dollars worth of value on it is. You know, orders of magnitude different than you would into a simple read and write node, where if it has a little bit of downtime, that's okay. Like, you know, you're not losing any money from it. And so that's probably like one of the one of the first challenges, is, you know, especially as you're working with VCs or, or token holders or people that have not run proof of stake nodes before. You know, they they assume it's going to be uh, easier, or they assume that it should be done on like you know one one twentieth of an in, of an engineer's time. And our experience with you know the customers that we support and also our, our own is just like that is not true, and it's it's fascinating because that's actually the reason why Bison Trails exists is because Joe and Aaron, our two co-founders, were trying to run some nodes and they were having such a hard time, 
And they were like, okay, well, if we're having a hard time, like there's a pretty good chance that other folks are having a pretty hard time with it as well. And so that's how bison trails came about. So that's that's the first thing. I think the the second thing is that we are very uh, reliant as an infrastructure provider on the networks. And so, you know, when you have uh, when you when you have networks delay, uh, which is you know extremely common, but also extremely understandable. You know, the stuff that they're doing is, is super hard. That obviously impacts us. And so, you know, we we work across a number of different protocols, and so we'll be supporting a number of new launches at, at any particular time. But of course, like if you put in a bunch of work and then the launch gets delayed by a month or two months or three months, and progress continues to be made on the on the protocol side or on the node side in the meantime, from from the protocol team's perspective, then that's something that you have to put down and then and then pick back up. And so that um, that creates challenges from an engineering perspective, but also creates challenges from from like a broader team perspective, because there's like a lot of work that we actually do to help the protocol teams directly um, and also to help our customers. And so if you go to bisontrails.co forward slash news, one of the things that that you'll see there is we'll put out posts explaining how the protocols work. And so you can look at the ETH2 posts, for example, or NIR or Polkadot. um, And we have a couple more that that are coming out soon. But we spend a lot of time like really detailing and outlining everything that people need to know about how these networks operate. And so you know, we'll spend a lot of time uh, writing those up, you know, talking to media uh, such as Coindesk or Cointelegraph, like helping them spread the word out and continuing to kind of like build a moment for, you know, for for getting people excited about the network and, and what they're doing. And so when you have delays like that, obviously gets pushed back, the engineering gets pushed back, the sales gets pushed back. And so it's, it's, it's something that's a fact of life and that we're very used to at this point, but it is always going to be a challenge because, you know, ultimately, you know, we want to be ready on day one when they are. And so we always want to make sure that we stay ahead of the curve. I like that. The candid answers are, are great because it's a, it's a great view into Bison Trails and, and how you guys have grown. And Victor, one of my last questions for you is, you know, who do you think your competition is, you know, a couple of years down the road? Like, is it the Ethereum Foundation if they release like, you know, a really slick validator UX or is it AWS and Microsoft Azure and, and Google Cloud or, or who do you think like is your biggest competitor down the line? Mm, that's, a, that's a great question. So previously, my probably my biggest worry a, a, a while ago, um, maybe about like a year ago, is I thought AWS was going to come in and just kill us. But I, but I actually, have a way of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, Jeff, Jeff Bezos doesn't, doesn't mess around. But one of the things that I realized is that because we're multi-cloud, because we're you know, able to deploy all over the world, that is just such a powerful advantage over relying on a single cloud provider. And you know the amount of, of distribution of nodes, the amount of decentralization, and the amount of redundancy that we're able to offer is really quite quite challenging for a single cloud provider to compete against. It's it's very very hard. And so um, it's of course possible, uh, but I'm not super concerned about that. Um, a concern that I ha- so I'll, I'll tell you maybe like maybe I'll answer in a little bit of a different way. I'll tell you the future that I want. And one of the one of the concerns I have is that you know there's only going to be a couple of validators on each network and, it, and it's going to be super centralized and you know the network is going to be at risk because you have you know just such a small number of, of parties making decisions and what i want to like you know to do in order for that to not happen is my goal is to make it incredibly easy for absolutely everybody to participate and to stake and to run validators and, that, and that's what bison trail's goal is and so what that means is that i want you know, 
participating in the securing of these proof of stake networks to be table stakes for all the different you know, exchanges and custodians and VCs and service providers and wallets and everybody, everybody will make it, we want to make it extremely uh, easy and simple and straightforward for them, for them to do that. And by doing that, we want to distribute that stake and distribute that control and, and really decentralize these networks, not, not in a way that's, that's temporary, but in a way that is, uh, you know, as, as permanent as we, as we can get it. And so I think like my, you know, the biggest risk that I see is that, you know, people are, you know, don't have an interest in decentralization. You know, people don't have an interest in security or they assume that somebody else will do it or they assume that, you know, the bad things won't happen. And that's, you know, that's a struggle in, in proof of work networks. It's a struggle with Bitcoin and, you know, a struggle with Ethereum as well, of course. And it's always going to be a struggle. And so what I, you know, one of my, one of my goals is how can we, you know, do our part to, you know, make it so that people don't have to make a tough decision around how much work they put into it or how much time they spend on it. But instead, make it almost like second nature. Make it table stakes for people to, you know, to do what is right for the network and as what is ultimately right for for them or for their customers and and for everybody. That's fascinating, Victor. Yeah, I, I agree on the AWS side too. Like, it's it'd be hard for them to compete when they can't be redundant across multiple providers. And the decentralization aspect is is really interesting too because you definitely want that and you need that long term. So, you know, hopefully we can make it easier to to maintain um, more decentralized world. So, Victor. It's incredible having you on, man. You're uh, like an unreal light into Bison Trails and, and to all the new Layer 1s launching because you're literally on the ground and the closest to it. So I really appreciate your time and let people know where they could uh, follow you and, and learn more about Bison Trails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am on Twitter, but I don't tweet very well. Uh, <laughs> but if you'd like to find me, it's just my first name, last name, uh, V-I-K-T-O-R-B-U-N-I-N. And then I do encourage you to check out Bison Trails. Um, so that's bisontrails.co. You know, sign up to our newsletter. You can see all the repositories um, of all the of all the things that we posted. One thing that I do highly encourage is if you do go to bisontrails.co forward slash news and, and read some of the some of the posts that we have on protocols, um, such as like the ETH2 post, that is like so, so, so informative. Um, and we've really tried to make it simple and accessible, but also at the same time, like very nuanced and useful. And so we want those to be a great resource for the community. We want people to to take advantage of them and to reference them. So I do encourage everybody to go check it out. That's awesome, Victor. Yeah, you guys have a ton on here. I'll link to it in the show notes. So if you're listening, just scroll down and uh, click on the Bison Trails link and then give uh, throw Victor a follow. This is awesome. Well, Victor, thanks so much for uh, coming on, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode out soon.